Hey guys, if you enjoy Sincerely Human, please rate and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, if you're listening from there. It really helps the show. A huge thanks to all of you who've left amazing, heartwarming reviews about our podcast. You get us even more motivated to do our work. That's it. Now, on to this week's episode. What is a neighbor supposed to look like? How does yours look like? Neighbors are the ones we run into when we rush out of our apartment building. Or we drive past their house and they're standing by their driveway. We give them a nod or a wave and maybe a smile. Or they might be the neighbors we welcome into our homes. They know us, they know our families, we love having them around. And when we want to celebrate milestones or mourn in times of tragedy, we rely on them to be there. So I guess the better question to ask is, how should a neighbor be? Are they strangers that become friends? Do they lend a hand when we need them? Are they kind? This is the story of Sloan Davidson, immigrant and refugee advocate, Pittsburgh native, and the proud founder of Hello Neighbor. This is Camille. And this is Maverick. And this is Sincerely Human, a podcast that tells stories of kindness in action from the lens of today's most inspiring humans. In fourth grade, I started a recycling program in my middle school. You know, when I was in middle school, I started volunteering by myself. When Sloan was in high school, community service wasn't a requirement for graduation. So she rallied teachers and students in her school for what she would call a day of caring, a day of giving. Sloan had classes canceled that day so that people from her school could give back. I really felt, you know, people might find something that excites them, they might not, but that it was worth trying and that it was worth doing and that you don't always get it right the first time, but you have to keep doing it. And that was pretty much how Sloan's life unfolded. And I've actually found personally that my interests have changed over time. I don't care more or less about an issue, but I think it's okay to have something that you're really into for a while and change like we do jobs and relationships and cities we live in. And so I really live that truth myself. Those interests came to surface when Sloan left her hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. In about 2005, six, seven, eight, I was living in Los Angeles and, you know, it was very early to tech, very early to social media. You know, MySpace was out of LA and Facebook wasn't open yet outside of the Ivies. And so I had a lot of friends that were really, you know, in this like burgeoning early adopter tech space. And I joined a startup for social good in 2008 and it didn't work. 2008 was a tough year for everyone because of the financial crash. But it was around this time when Sloan had the idea of how digital and social good could come together. I had a blog at the time that was very successful. The blog was called The Cosmopolitan, as in the word cos, C-A-U-S-E. 
you know, sort of pre being called influencer, which I know has a mixed response as a lexicon, as a terminology. But, you know, I did amazing things because of my blog. You know, I got invited to go to conferences with world leaders and travel internationally to photograph and tell stories about projects that were happening. I mean, it really was life-changing to be sharing stories on the internet. Sloan took blogging and telling stories very seriously. But she didn't really have any aha moment. Not an epiphany that she could do this for the rest of her life. So she moved from state to state and found herself in New York City. And when I was in New York, I was working agency side. So my kind of very last chapter before moving back to Pittsburgh was I was working in advertising on global campaigns for Fortune 50, 100, 200s on their corporate social responsibility, corporate philanthropy, and really that social media, digital marketing for social good. And that was a really big deal because I saw huge budgets. I oversaw huge budgets and huge teams, but really saw how much companies and brands, yes, are capitalistic and work towards the bottom line, but also are run by people and the people inside those companies want to make a difference. While Sloan worked her corporate job, the itch to make an impact never really left her. So I've worked in about 10 different countries doing projects anywhere from a couple of weeks to six, seven months. In 2009, she was a Kiva Fellow in the Philippines. Kiva is an international nonprofit founded in San Francisco in 2005. Their mission is to expand financial access and ultimately help underserved communities thrive. After gaining a wealth of experience from remote areas and meeting people from starkly different cultures, Sloan made a life-changing decision. She went back to her hometown. When I moved back to Pittsburgh, I was really holding on to that idea of creating community, of building something that I could be really proud of in the place that I was calling home. Another reason she went back, she was pregnant with her first son. And she wanted family by her side. I can tell you, I've worked in villages, the poorest of the poor. I've done projects in Congo and Guatemala and the Philippines and Haiti and Ghana and a number of other places. And even in the most remote, impoverished villages, there was always a network, a circle of mostly women, but of aunties, of sisters, of people who helped raise the children. And they might not have had shoes on their feet and they might not know where all their their next meal was going to come from and a host of health issues. But there were people around to help. And there were people who were family who were going to, you know, do what they could to help each other make it. Helping each other make it. It might have been the epiphany Sloan had been waiting for. One that would eventually materialize into her nonprofit, Hello Neighbor. I was sitting with my newborn and I was spending so much time with him as a newborn. You know, you're breastfeeding a huge chunk of your days. <laughs> and I just kept coming back to this idea of what about refugees who are forced to flee their homes and leave this huge support system behind? And I just couldn't shake this feeling as a new mom, how blessed I was, how lucky I was, how fortunate to be able to be around family and how many people around the world are forced to not have that option. She set out to learn more about the refugee experience. 
I enrolled in a mid-career master's at University of Pittsburgh in their graduate school of public affairs. And I focused really on migration because what I realized was I had spent all this time internationally. Here I was proudly, you know, touting that I'd worked in all these other countries, which I am very proud of. But I never really had thought about the refugee immigrant experience here in the U.S. Sloan worked part-time at a refugee resettlement agency in Pittsburgh. She was in the reception and placement department where she worked with refugees during their first 90 days of arrival in the U.S. And I'll tell you, you know, anyone listening, anybody, picture three months of anything, new job, new city, new relationship, new environment. The idea that on that 91st day, you're like, oh, I got this. It's just an impossible paradigm. And take into account lack of language, lack of transportation, lack of a support system, lack of knowledge, maybe, you know, even the country, the norms, the culture of where you're at. It's just daunting. And so I kept seeing these caseworkers working incredibly hard in that reception and placement period. And then they roll on to new cases, new people come in or should be coming in. And, you know, the people that are here are kind of having to figure everything out on their own. But there was one more piece of the puzzle an event that pushed the idea for Hello Neighbor forward. I befriended a Syrian family that lived in my neighborhood. And through getting to know them, you know, sharing meals together, helping them read their mail, taking them around to a museum or showing them something in Pittsburgh, everyone just started saying to me, I want this too. And at first I was sharing it with friends in person and then I might share an update on Facebook. And then one day I was with the Syrian family and I said, I think I'm going to write a story about our time together. Is that okay with you? After a social media detox in 2016, Sloan saw a post about a dinner series with Airbnb called Supper With Us. It was an initiative to match American families with recently resettled refugees so they can celebrate Thanksgiving together. One of the cities tapped to host was Pittsburgh. So Sloan applied. After weeks of silence, she got a match, a family of five that lived 10 minutes away from her. Thrilled, Sloan called her stepdad to see if they can spend Thanksgiving in his home. At first, Sloan was worried about how much food needed to be served with all of the guests they were expecting. When asked, her dad eventually said, fishes and loaves. What he actually meant was, we'll make it work. We'll stretch what we've got. Let's do it. Sloan posted this story online, and she didn't really expect much to happen. Usually you just do it for yourself (laughs) more than anything. And truly, it went viral. It was wild. It was like shared thousands of times and comments and hundreds of people were emailing me. And I just was really blown away by this idea that people wanted This thing that I very organically created, you know, I was sort of patient zero. And what people really wanted was an opportunity to connect, to help support a refugee family. And so in 2017, Hello Neighbor was born, a mentoring program based in Pittsburgh. Hello Neighbor supports recently resettled refugee and immigrant families by matching them with dedicated neighbors who then help guide and support the families in their new lives. Uh, First, when we came to United States, we were a little bit scared. The Yava family is from Congo. Through Hello Neighbor, they found Brad and Rachel, Pittsburgh locals. They were mentors that turned into family. 
Here are the Yavas on NBC Nightly News, sharing how the program helped their family make it through such a challenging transition. Rachel, she was the only family member who attended our, the graduation of our, our son. Really, that it was something that touched us. When Jamie was, uh, was born, the first person I called, it was Rachel. You called her because she's family? Yes, yes. Hello Neighbor families come from 13 different countries of origin, including Myanmar, Bhutan, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, and South Sudan. So I think one of the biggest early lessons I really had were how vastly different every refugee is from their culture, from their country, and from their experience. And hands down, that's the number one. The number two I think I was really struck by is how different the experience was in terms of how they came to the U.S. For some refugees, they do have what's called a U.S. tie, which is someone that is living somewhere and they say, hey, I live in Columbus, Ohio, Detroit, Michigan, Nashville, Los Angeles, Seattle, whatever, and why don't you come here? And that could be a distant family member, a distant friend, and a refugee can sort of tie their case to that geographic place. But sometimes they don't pick the city. A lot of times they don't even pick the country. So we have a ton of refugees in our program now who were simply told you're going to the U.S. And they might have a sister or a brother in Sweden or in Australia or in Germany or a handful of their family that's back in the neighboring country from where the conflict was. And they had no concept of America. They had no idea of Pittsburgh. There's a ton of refugees I know who got off the plane and they were wearing flip-flops and carrying a backpack of everything they owned. And it was the middle of winter and they didn't even know it was cold here. And these refugees, according to Sloan, are just the most resilient human beings. I know that it's incredibly difficult. Most people just can't fathom, you know, what extreme poverty looks like. But even poverty is not the driver of what makes someone a refugee. We're talking about real risk to your life, to your children's life, war, conflict, sexual violence. We're talking about, you know, some families might hear the gunshots or hear the militias in the distance and it's getting closer and closer and closer. And one night the whole village says, it's time for us all to go. And an entire village will get up in the dead of night and take what they can and walk to safety. For some who have narrowly escaped death in their home countries, they also have to go through an arduous process to resettle in a different country. It takes, you know, two years minimum of vetting. The average is five to seven. It can be upwards of 20 of going through UNHCR, you know, fingerprint, health scans, interview, 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 interview. They'll interview everyone in the family about every detail about why you left your home, you know, Like, I can't remember what I had for breakfast three days ago. And they ask you again and again and again. And so it's just not an easy process. And I just want to say that, you know, they're appreciative. They're happy to be here. They're happy to be safe. They're happy to be in a place where they feel like their children will get home safely at night and will have better opportunities. But make no mistake, they would go back to their homes in a heartbeat if they could. But for a million reasons, she says, including safety, it's just not an option. I do believe that Hello Neighbor is part of a 
national movement and a dialogue and a conversation around being a good neighbor and being part of building community. And so, you know, we sort of say physically that the program is based in Pittsburgh, but our supporters are open rates on our newsletter, our donors, and the people who are also looking at doing this work are literally located all over the country. At Hello Neighbor, mentors are matched based on different factors, including proximity, interests, and availability. They do a myriad of activities from life skills to spending time together in each other's homes, cultural exchange, you know, cooking each other's foods, learning about each other's culture, and then really getting out and exploring Pittsburgh. We talk a lot about breaking social isolation as one of the core tenets of Hello Neighbor. Refugees, very similar to other low-income or vulnerable communities like seniors and veterans, you know, really face severe social isolation. And so we really work to break that by getting them out, introducing them to libraries, to playgrounds, to third spaces, to free spaces, to low-cost activities um, so that they can feel, you know, not so homebound and able to explore and feel more comfortable in Pittsburgh. In two years, Hello Neighbor has matched 95 families. These people who've had different life experiences have learned from one another and along the way, built friendships that could only come from a place of love and humanity. And so it's not hard to get up every day and do it again. You know, it's, it's really not. It's such rewarding work. It's such beautiful work. It really does feel like certainly what I'm meant to do. And I think of myself as just the, oh, I don't know. Is it like the gatekeeper or the, like, I'm not, you know, my mentors and mentees, like they're doing it every day. I mean, the people who are involved with us, like they're the magic makers. They're the beautiful people who are giving of themselves and I'm creating the relationships and I'm enabling it to happen, but they're really the saints amongst us. Beyond the tremendous work Sloan is doing to make immigrant and refugee families feel welcome, Sloan does her best to do simple acts that make others feel human. My practice kindness right now is in the acknowledging the humanity of the everyday people that we're around. And I try really hard not to treat anyone now like just a worker or the server or the person you're paying for the thing at. I might not be like chit-chatting for, you know, (laughs) for a long time, but I do. I make eye contact and I say, hi, how are you today? Or thank you so much or have a nice day. I hold the door. I let the person cross in the crosswalk. I don't know. I just am trying to practice this like radical kindness that permeates throughout my whole day. So much so that my friends were like making fun of me. (laughs) They're like, stop talking to everybody. If you want to learn more about Hello Neighbor and how you can get involved, please head on over to helloneighbor.io. That's it for today's episode. Next week, we have news that we're excited to share, so please tune in. If you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Thanks, everyone. And remember, be good to one another. This show is produced by Human Group Media. 
an award-winning social good podcast company. Human Group Media works with thought leaders, brands, and organizations to inspire social change through the power of audio storytelling.